Welcome to International Podcast Month, or IPM. IPM is brought to you by the organizational team, Cole, Tess, and Theron. A very special thank you to all of our participants, without whom this event wouldn't be possible. And now, on to the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monster Hour, an actual play podcast about going to school, arguing with your parents, and ruining your favorite outfit while hunting horrible monsters. Narrative-driven and crisply edited with painfully relatable characters, Monster Hour follows unlikely heroes JR, Super suspicious. That's sort of my deal. Constance. I may be a bit of a know-it-all, but I might actually know it all. And Alvin. I'm monstrous. As they unravel the sinister mysteries of a strange Colorado town. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, Buffy, or the Adventure Zone Amnesty, you'll love Monster Hour. Tune in for new episodes every other Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Friends! We'll never be friends with dirty humans. Well, I'm a human, but I'm not a town human. Don't particularly like towns. Don't particularly like this town. Do like cows, and I like freedom. Prove how much you like cows. Move! I turned into a cow. Shit, that's heaps! <laughs> Queer Dungeoneers, an actual play podcast about being who you are by being someone different. The Unexplored Places, Tango Sector, is an actual play podcast about the crew of the Spaceship Pelagian, a ragtag group of reckless guns for hire, taking jobs, facing rivals, making enemies, and scraping by amidst the plots and schemes of the cops, cults, and criminals who control their home in Tango Sector. Find us on Twitter at UnexploredCast, and tune in every other Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Howdy listeners, I'm Chris, the friendly neighborhood keeper from Untitled Dice Game, here to tell you about our actual play Monster of the Week podcast. It features a group of hunters with strange talents who've been recruited by a secretive government agency to fight monsters. Each week we release a new episode packed with improvised humor, horror, and enough bad decisions to derail a train. Find us at UntitledDiceGame.com or search us out wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our International Podcast Month game of Quietus. My name's Quinn, my pronouns are he, him, and I will be jamming our game today. You can usually find me over on Monster Hour, a Monster of the Week actual play podcast that is equal parts Stranger Things and Scooby-Doo, where I am the GM and editor. And although I don't have a Twitter of my own, I am usually behind the wheel at Monster Hour Pod. I am thrilled to be joined by some awesome folks to play this game today. Do you all want to introduce yourselves and let folks know where they can find you and your work? Let's go ahead and start with Christine. Yes, I was first in the Discord list, so I thought that might be the case. Um, Yes. Hi, (laughs) I'm Christine. I am the host and GM of The Unexplored Places, an actual play podcast that is currently playing Scum and Villainy. Uh, You can find us on Twitter at UnexploredCast and find all of our links from there. And you can find me on Twitter at CPrevis. Dora. Hi, I am Dora. You can find me on Twitter at T-H-E underscore C-O-O-L underscore D-O-R-A because I'm the cool Dora. You can normally find me <laughs> on Untitled Dice Game where I am a player and producer and we're currently playing Monster of the Week. And Ursula. Hey, I'm Ursula. My pronouns are she or they. 
you can find me on Twitter at Tired Magpie or as a player on Queer Engineers. We're an actual play podcast as well. We are, well, we've just finished our first campaign using Ooh. Dungeon World and we're about to start a new one using Pixmoke. And you can find us on Twitter at Queer Dungeons. So as I mentioned, we are going to be playing Quietus by Ollie Jeffrey. Quietus is a role-playing game of melancholy dread about ordinary people struggling against an implacable horror. Armed with only the scars from their tragic pasts, we'll find out if our characters can survive the horror, how far they'll push themselves, and what we'll learn about them along the way. As a game, Quietus very much lends itself to showing rather than telling, with scene setting and character creation built into play, and mechanics flowing easily from the fiction. We are making one slight change to the rules of Quietus. Uh, Because Quietus is usually meant to be played with just one or two players, we made a slight change to the hope and despair tracks, which is how the players either escape the horror if they fill up the hope track, which is shared amongst all players, or are killed by it uh, if their despair track is filled up, which are individual. Just to uh, achieve a little bit of balance because there are more players than usual, the hope track is going to remain at 5, but each player's individual despair track is going to be lowered to 4. Beyond that, I think we can go ahead and get started unless anyone has any questions. Yeah. I think I'm good. Do 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 do. We open on the Peregrination in low Earth orbit around the planet. A luxury space station operated by Stellar Bourgeois, a subsidiary of Stellar Dynamics, it sails in a gentle parabola just beyond the atmosphere. The liminal field between the reach of humanity and the empty abyss of space. It is your second day aboard the station, after a slightly cramped but otherwise uneventful, at least as far as space travel goes, shuttle ride up from the surface. You arrived here at the bequest of an unknown benefactor, and while the circumstances seemed suspect, the invitation was genuine. The Stellar Bourgeois facility was prepped and ready for your arrival, and less than two hours later, you were hurtling away from terra firma into the stars. When you reached the station, you were greeted by Perry, the shipboard AI program, who immediately and without prompting offered you a tour of the facility, complete with highly promotional endorsements of everything from the arcade to the emergency bulkhead sealing protocols. Perry also explained that to provide the ultimate getaway experience, the station is entirely uncrewed. He takes care of all the day-to-day functions with an assist from mission control on the ground. Stellar Bourgeois, rise up into space. Let's go ahead and meet our characters. As I mentioned, character creation is built into the process of Quietus. It's sort of the opening act here. And so we're going to to meet our characters and learn a little bit more about them through a series of questions. So would anyone like to go first? I'll go first. <laughs> Wonderful. What is your character's name and what do they look like? So I am playing Vanessa. She is a young 20-something, washed out of university and face casting rain from Fate Stay Night. So long brown hair, slender, and she's just looking very bored at the moment. Vanessa, what brought you to the Peregrination? Why did you decide to come to such an isolated place? So actually, the letter was for my parents, but it was like, your parents or a representative. They just wanted me out of their hair. They're like, go do something. 
represent the family. Be useful. <laughs> you failed university. Be useful. So that is why I am here. And so it was your, your parents who were initially supposed to be here? Yes. What are they doing right now? They're making like a big business deal, doing a Amazon type thing, buying up half the world's resources. Vanessa really doesn't care. Vanessa's just like, okay, whatever. Vanessa, something went wrong yesterday. What was it? One of my bags got left. The extra clothes that I had got left, which is very unprofessional. They will be hearing from us when we get done. Very unfortunate. Very. Where are you on the ship right now? I think my sleeping suite. Just like staring at the ceiling. Just, life is so boring. Even in space, life is boring. (laughs) Yes. Life is so boring. (laughs) On the first of its kind luxury space liner. Life is so boring. (laughs) Tell me a little bit about the the sleeping suite. What does it look like? I think it is... There's like a full bed, a small desk. You know, your standard closet, which I can't even use anymore because I don't have my extra clothes. You got the satin sheets because we gotta be luxury. So satin sheets. A little bit gaudy, like way too many gold touches everywhere. And I think the walls are pink. Just to be a little extra like that. Oh no, pink and gold. Pink and gold. (laughs) Wow. They couldn't even do pink and rose gold. Full gold. Are all of the sleeping suites like this? Or is this just the one that you picked or were assigned to? This is the one I was assigned to. I have no idea about the rest of them. I feel like they can't all be like that because in this like horrible capitalist future, they're still like selling hypergended products, right? <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah. definitely. <laughs> so there's definitely one that's just like completely black and white, like <laughs> yes, exactly. devoid of color, very minimalist. That's mine. <laughs> <laughs> so Vanessa, what are you doing to pass the time in your room? Listening to music. And contrary to what the colors of the room are, it's like metal. Maybe some Nightwish in there. I don't know if they can say that. That symphonic metal vibe is definitely going on. I think we can say Nightwish. We can't play Nightwish, but I think we can say Nightwish. Okay, Nightwish, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So you are listening to Nightwish in your sleep suite. The contrast between the music and the decor, sharp and stark. Have you been in here, have you been avoiding the other two folks that you came up with? For the most part, avoiding them, because not a people person, but I think we've maybe met in the commissary. Are you listening on headphones or like in-room stereo? In-room stereo. As you're listening to this music, pounding and drumming back and forth along the, the metal walls, you start to hear a more resinous thumping between the beats of the music. Pause and listen. There are several sharp thumps that echo around the room after you pause the music before dying out. That's weird. I think Vanessa gets a little freaked out and heads to the activity center where the other two may be. We see you step out of the room. And we glance up to the ceiling and see the metal which abuts the exterior of the station dent down ever so slightly. Ooh, that's good. 
Christine. Yes. Why don't you tell us about your character? What is your name and what do you look like? So my character's name is Isaac Adachi. Uh, He is in his early 30s. He looks rich because he is rich. Um, he's, I'm, I'm face casting him as the actor Sen Mitsuji in the show Brave New World. Mm-hmm. And he's wearing like a, like a black turtleneck with a blazer over it. His hair is sort of very combed into place. I think that's my, my brief description. What brings you to such an isolated place as the Peregrination? Yes. So I walked into my office one day and there was an envelope, an invitation on my desk. And my secretary did not seem to have any information about how it had gotten there. But it was inviting me to uh, to take part on this voyage, luxury voyage. So of course, how could I say no? <laughs> so your, your company, you run Stellar Bourgeois? Yeah. Or run, Stellar Dynamics? Stellar Dynamics. Run is a strong word. He (laughs) owns part of the company. I don't know how much work he actually does uh, or how involved he is with any of the individual projects, hence not really knowing much about the peregrination other than that he received a sort of glitzy looking invitation that seemed to come out of nowhere that has brought him here. Isaac, how do you feel about being up here with two other Is randos too strong of a word? No, randos is exactly the right word. I was under the impression that I was going to be accompanied by people a little more on my level here. Um, I sort of assumed when I read the invitation that a luxury, you know, first ever once in a lifetime opportunity like this was going to be being offered to the upper crust, really. And so I was, it was sort of an unpleasant surprise to arrive and realize that one, there were only two other people, uh, and two, that Neither of them are people I would ordinarily socialize with. Yes. Uh, This is a good time to point out that the Peregrination is easily capable of hosting up to 12 people. But nonetheless, you are the only three here. Yeah. Isaac, why does it pain you to be here? Is it because you're up here with these two folks who you don't sort of feel are, are sort of on your level? Yes. Or is there something else? That's sort of the the primary front of mind reason. I think if somebody asked me that question up front, that is what I would say. Why did I bother doing this? If the kind of people who I thought were going to be here are not the kind of people who were here, this is now a waste of my time. I think I also, and I wouldn't tell someone this, but I think I also have discovered that I'm quite like... Is agoraphobic the right word? I'm like a little uncomfortable at how much space there is out here in space. And I think I thought I would be much more distracted from the fact of how big space is by there being interesting people to talk to here. And yet I'm not. Someone else is supposed to be here, Isaac, and they're not. Who are they and and where are they? My elder sister was also supposed to be here. Actually, I think maybe, I don't know if she got an invitation or if my invitation had a plus one and I invited her, but very last minute, you know, she's married, she has three children, one of her children got quite sick, um, and so she was unable to come right at the last minute. Does she also work for Stellar Dynamics? She does not. She uh, she branched out from the family business to start her own career. Uh, she's an event planner. Okay. Very successful one, mostly for celebrities. <laughs> Okay, so still successful. Yes, very much so. Not, you know, a blemish on the family. 
No. Okay. Isaac, where are you right now on the ship? I am, despite my aforementioned phobia, uh, I'm actually in the observatory. I sort of swung by the commissary. I picked up a glass and a bottle of the most expensive whiskey I could find rummaging through the commissary. And I'm now in the observatory, sitting in like a nice leather chair, sort of looking out through this panoramic window out into space. Amazing. Tell me a little bit about what the observatory looks like. Yeah, so it's, I mean, the primary feature in the room is obviously this absolutely massive window, currently through which uh, there's like a lovely view of Earth from very, very far away, and all of the horrifying, terrifying void that surrounds it. Um, So the room itself, I think, is fairly minimal. It's dimly lit so that there's no distracting from the view, which is the point of the room. But I think there's like some very sort of upscale furniture, like, like, Three leather armchairs around a little coffee table so that people can kind of sit there and and talk and drink while they look out. I think that there's like a bar along the back of the room, but there's no alcohol there and no bartender. Um, (laughs) So it's like, if, if if there was an event here, the bar could be taken advantage of, but there's not at the moment. There's like a, like a plush, fancy carpet on the floor, but mostly it's like the room is dimly lit enough that your eye is not drawn to any of these other features. It's really like unavoidable, the view here. So you are are sitting there in the observatory looking out at Earth, which does still at this point take up a good chunk of the panoramic view, although you can see all around it the vastness of space and the increasingly slim margins of the sun as it is slipping behind Earth. And as you are sitting there, you hear the intercom crackle on, and Perry's voice, who you met previously. Uh, I should note, Perry uses he-they pronouns. Perry's voice crackles onto the intercom and says, Attention passengers, if you look down at Earth right now, you can see nightfall arriving planetside as we cross into the sun's shadow. Uh, And sure enough, as you are staring on, you can see that Earth is increasingly darkening, and the sliver of light on the right-hand side of the planet is shrinking away and away. I, like, rub the bridge of my nose, and I go, yes, Perry, we can see that. Thank you for stating the obvious. Sort of under my breath. You are most welcome. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Yep. I think as you are taking this in, Isaac, there's a glint of something on the side of the station that catches your eye. I don't think you can see it given the vastness of the celestial movements you're looking at, but there's just a a glint on the side of the station that is not one of the solar panels. I'm going to sort of look in that direction. Do I immediately see anything there? I think if you're willing to sort of get up and head to the glass, you won't have a problem catching a glimpse of what this is. I down the rest of the alcohol that's in my drink, and I refill the glass, and then I approach the window. It's difficult to perceive, given the growing darkness, but it looks like there is a spacesuit floating out just over the primary residence module. Is it attached? Does it look like it's come loose? It looks like it's floating right above the module. Okay. Um, Perry? Yes, Isaac? Is that spacesuit supposed to be out there? Spacesuit? On the right, I'm, I'm like pointing as if the AI can see me pointing, which I don't know whether or not it can. Um, just over there. I have no perceptive capabilities outside of the station. Right, but uh, I mean, 
has someone gone outside in a spacesuit? No. Have have any airlocks come open and dropped out a spacesuit? No. Do your sensors show any other vehicles in proximity to us? No. Christ, all right. I empty the glass again. I just down the rest of my, my next drink again, and I go, thank you, Perry, and I go back to my chair. You down that drink and go to refill it and glance back at the spot, and there is nothing there. And now I'm seeing things. Wonderful. Let's jump to Ursula. What is your character's name, and what do they look like? My character is called Harper Riley. Her pronouns are she, her. She's in her late 20s, dark hair and eyes. Just looks perpetually tired, basically. (laughs) Yeah. What brings you to such an isolated place as the Peregrine Nation? Harper is a little bit lost at the moment. Recently had a bit of a career change. Left a job that she really loved for something that she doesn't find fulfilling at all. And when the letter arrived inviting her to space... She was like, this seems new and different and not my current life right now, so I'm gonna give it a go. Why does it pain you to be here? I think Isaac's here. (laughs) 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 I think, uh, correct me if this is stepping on your toes, Christine, but I think I probably know who he is, but he has no idea who I am. That sounds right. Because, like, his picture and name are, like, all over the office that Harper works in. Not necessarily because I don't like him specifically, but because I came here to get away from work, and now my, like, boss's boss's boss is here. So you work at Stellar Dynamics as well? Yes. What do you do there? Just, like, the lowest paying, least interesting desk work. Just, like, admin work? Basically. Probably in payroll. Ooh, okay. It's like I can see how much everyone else is making. (laughs) It's just depressing. Have you seen how much Isaac makes? Oh, yeah. Isaac doesn't even know how Isaac makes. That's how much it is. Yeah. (laughs) Unfortunately, (laughs) you have to be the bearer of that information. Exactly. (laughs) Harper, there should be someone else here, but there isn't. Who are they and where are they? I think I invited a friend who I used to play music with. So at my old job, I was like a professional musician. And this friend was like my plus one, but they couldn't come with me because the band that I used to play in professionally went on like a surprise tour and I'm not with them and they're not here. Mm. Well, you are here. Where on the ship are you, Harper? (laughs) I was going to say the observatory, (laughs) but I think... I like, you know, same thing. I just grabbed a bottle of like, I don't know, some like really sweet wine and like taking it to the observatory. And then as soon as I saw Isaac was there, just 180 around. (laughs) And now I'm hanging in the garden. Outstanding. Uh, Isaac, did you notice this at all? Absolutely not. Or did you just? Okay, fantastic. (laughs) Fantastic. Harper, tell me about the garden. It's very standard manicured garden, very like curated with with like nice flowers and, you know, like 2x whatever year it is, 10 most popular flowers, all <laughs> sold by Stella Dynamics. 
but there's also like some maybe like slightly genetically engineered plants here to produce more oxygen. So they're like maybe just a slightly off-putting shade of green. Love it. Not super relevant, but does Stellar Dynamics sell the space flowers on Earth for an exorbitant amount? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Amazing. <laughs> and I think uh, Harper's grabbed like... I don't know, a blanket or a picnic rug, and it's just like spread it out on whatever like small patch of grass there is, if there is any, and it's lying on her back, looking up at the stars framed by trees. And it's a very odd experience to be having in space because she's like, I came here to be in space and I'm in the most Earth-like room on the place. Great. (laughs) Is that intentional or are you you unhappy about that? Both. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Like, she'd rather be in the observatory, but she obviously came here because it's comforting in some way. Just like Earth, somehow Isaac has displaced you. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) To the most Earth-like thing in space. (laughs) Sorry, Christine, your character is already a villain. That's what I designed him for. (laughs) (laughs) So, Harper, you are sort of picnicking, I guess, in the garden looking up at the stars through, I think, a a relatively small window surrounded by just ever so off-putting greenery, both because of its sort of shade, and I think actually because of the concentration. The oxygen levels are very high in here, actually, Uh, like higher than Mm. sort of normal for the the station. There's pumps Mm. that sort of pump it out through the station. You know, that's, that's actually part of why it's here, but you're getting a little bit of that sort of high oxygenation high. You know, just a a faint euphoria. And I don't know quite when you notice, because the ship hums constantly between all of the electronics and electricity and the motors and mechanics. There's, There's always a hum on this station. But you notice that there is a purr, distinct and slightly higher than the normal ship activity. Hmm. Without getting up, I'm going to try and, like, locate it. You look around, and amidst some of this greenery, you see the faint reflection of two eyes looking out at you. And as you focus in, you can see that there is a small black cat Ah! just staring and blinking at you. That makes me very happy. (laughs) Definitely riding on this slight giddiness of the higher oxygen. She's going to sit up and just kind of be like, you know, Puss. I didn't know they were going to have cats on the ship. I guess something had to go right today. It meows faintly at you. Kind of like turns around a couple times. It doesn't It doesn't move towards you. It just sort of like turns around and, and looks at you. I meow back at it. It meows one more time. Turns and sort of disappears between a couple of flowers further back into the garden. I am absolutely following that cat. I think we get sort of a, a quick time lapse of you traipsing through this this garden, going up and down the, the rows and the aisles. This cat just always at the just slight edge of your, your vision until we see it in the frame of the, the door leading back out to the intersection of the activity center and the residence module. And it gives one look sort of over its shoulder at you in a bit of a coy way almost in that way that cats do. And then trots quickly off into the residence module. I'm going to keep following it, but at the same time, I'm going to call out, Hey, uh, AI? Yes? Can you, like, let me know where the cat is? You know, if I lose sight of it? I didn't know we were going to have cats. That's really cool. There are no cats. 
but there's a cat right there. It's right there. My biometric systems detect no cats aboard this spacecraft. Nor are there any records in the manifest. <gasps> are you saying we have a stowaway cat, Perry? I'm saying there is no cat. Okay. And I'm going to keep following the cat. <laughs> uh, I think you follow this cat into the residence module. And as you turn the corner, you run headlong into Vanessa. Oof. Who has just run out of her sleeping suite. Oof. Oof. <sighs> Sorry. Uh, I'm th- no, no, that was my that was my fault. I'm sorry. I got I got a little freaked out. <laughs> That's okay. Um, there's a cat. Perry doesn't think there's a cat, but I mean, I assume there's some like glitch in their sensory stuff. He said there wasn't supposed to be a cat on board, but there's definitely a cat. So there's a cat, and I think cat. Vanessa looks around to see if she can see the cat. There is no sign of a cat. I, I, I mean, it's not here anymore. I, it went that way. I think. Okay. Um, do you want to hear what freaked me out? Oh, yes. Sorry. So I was listening to, you know, my symphonic metal. And I heard, and I've heard the song like a million times. I heard like thumping around the room. That's not in the song. And I don't know. Do you want want to check it with me? Sure. Sure. And Vanessa swipes into her room and opens the door. It looks exactly how you left it. Huh. I mean, I'm glad your room's just as hideous as mine. Yeah, why don't we act like scientists and let's try and replicate what I was doing? Okay. So Vanessa, like, lays back on the bed and, like, hits play on the song. Hopper, like, winces because she's used to classical music. So the two of you are standing in this room as, as the music is blasting. Isaac, what are you up to right now? I think that I have finally decided to stop tormenting myself by looking outside. Uh, and I have brought my bottle and my glass back into the... Maybe I'm making my way towards the activity center. Bottle and glass still in hand, of course. <laughs> okay. So, Isaac, you are, uh, I think, climbing down the short ladder between the observatory and the primary resonance module, just as the last rays of sunlight leave the side of Earth that you are facing. And all you can see is a penumbral orb with faint lights from cities shining up at you. And Harper and Vanessa, you are in Vanessa's room listening to this loud, percussive music. And all three of you feel your ears pop. Ow. Ow. And as you feel that, the ship begins to shake and rattle, and suddenly all of the lights go out. Ah! Am I still on the ladder as this is happening? I think so. Uh, (laughs) I think I I just go, Christ, and then there's a shattering of glass as I drop this cup, and it just breaks on the floor beneath me. I don't have enough hands to hold on tightly to the ladder unless I drop the glass, so. All right, there is... uh, shattered glass. Actually, this is a good time to establish, is this a near future where we have gravity emulation or is this a near future where we do not? Oh, I've definitely been oh, assuming kind of we do. like a Doctor Who scenario with the gravity emulation. Okay, that, that's fine. It makes a big difference if there's glass on the floor versus glass floating everywhere? shards of glass yeah. everywhere. <laughs> it depends though. Horrible. Is the simulated gravity controlled by the power the which power. just went out? That is a Ooh, good question. It might be. Yeah. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> um, 
I think we get a shot. This this glass falls from your hand, Isaac, hits the ground beneath you in the residence module in sort of the primary traversal shaft there, shatters, and then starts floating up towards you as the ship's primary gravity controls go out with the power. Hopper jumps twice, once when the lights go out and once when the scream happens. <laughs> Uh, And as the power goes out, so does the music. But that thump across the room does not stop. Did this happen last time? Because I can hear it, but it's... You didn't mention the lights. I feel like that would have been something you would have mentioned if that had happened. Um, The lights didn't happen, but the thumping did. No. I don't like this. I don't like this at all. I don't like this. No, 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 no. As the two of you are speaking in hushed tones in the darkness, the run lights come on. These faint, watery blue lights on the floor and around the doorway. They don't illuminate the room. They just cast this this sort of pale illumination uh, that you can just barely make out sort of the contours of the room. And Isaac, in the hallway amidst these shards of floating glass, these run lights come on as well. I'm going to use the little bit of light that I have to try to safely push off the ladder slowly and kind of maneuver myself around the floating glass to try to get away from it. Great. Uh, This is going to be a roll. We're going to roll some dice. Excellent. (laughs) You love to roll dice. In this house, we roll dice. On this station. (laughs) On this this station, station, we we roll roll dice. dice. You may not have guessed it based on how long it's been and we haven't (laughs) rolled dice yet. But on this station, we do roll dice. So when you make a roll in Quietus, uh, you start with one dice. You can add more dice by pushing yourself, uh, although you can only do that on tense or desperate rolls. And this is going to be an uneasy roll because we're just sort of getting started here. Accepting help from another character. Betraying another character or revealing a scar to add a story element or a side character that might be able to help you. There are three tension levels when it comes to making dice rolls. There's uneasy, tense, and desperate. These both make a mechanical difference, but also follow the fiction. So this roll is going to be uneasy. Would you like to do anything to grab some bonus dice? Um, I don't know that it makes sense to, to take any of them now. I think I'm just going to go with the one. All right, so uneasy, one dice. One die. That's a one. Oh, <laughs> shit. Okay. So. Oh, no. Great way to stop. Yeah, a one to three. <laughs> very fitting. A one to three is a failure. A four to five is a mixed success, and a six is a unmitigated success. So on an uneasy one, uh, you don't achieve what you wanted, but hope is not lost. I'm going to take a point of dread, which is my resource in this game to do bad, bad things. But there's not a serious consequence for you, at least not yet. You can try a different approach and make another uneasy roll, or you can push forward with your current course of action and make a tense roll. Can I take another approach by, instead of trying to maneuver, calling out to the other, the other guests uh, for help? Sure, yeah. Just loudly enough that, I, cause, because I heard the scream, I know that they're here, or at least one of them is here. Just calling out loudly enough that I think they'll hear me and being like, Jesus, there's... Glass everywhere. Can somebody please come help me? Vanessa and Harper, in your room, you hear Isaac shouting down the hallway. It's dull and muffled, but you can just make it out. <sighs> what do you do? I suppose we should go and help him. Yeah, yeah. So let's start trying to ease our way through this anti-grav 
trying to like swim along the lo- wall, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I think Harper like, was standing along the wall. in the middle of the room. <laughs> so like she's just kind of floating and like weirdly swinging her arms around. It's really glad it's dark. <laughs> <laughs> so the two of you exit out into the hallway. It is similarly almost completely dark aside from these running lights. And you can just barely make out through the small windows in the bulkheads that the activity module and the main deck, which is is off limits, you haven't been able to access it, but you can see into it where the bridge and engineering are. Mm-hmm. They have lost power as well, at least primary power. And just up ahead near the ladder to the observatory, you see Isaac and floating in the air, just these little glints, these little shards of glass that are catching the faint illumination of these running lights. I assume that's not glitter. No, it's glass, I'm afraid. Harper is trying very hard not to smile right now. (laughs) What are we supposed to do? Oh, I don't know. There has to be something around here to try to clean this up with. Perry, do we have any vacuums? I don't have bread. Like, the sucky kind, not the space kind. (laughs) You hear, like, sort of a a crackling voice saying, Oh, Worthless AI. God. Oh no. I can't get down from here without going through this. So either one of you needs to find something or I'm going to be stuck up here until the power comes back on. Ugh, okay, alright. Just um just hang tight for a sec. Uh Harper is going to go to the commissary and see if she can find any like bags essentially like plastic bags with handles that she can like kind of swing through the air to try and catch (laughs) some of this glass yeah so this is going to be a point where you are introducing a story element uh so something like an item or a part of the fiction that provides a benefit and, and sort of will persist and in quietus that happens by introducing scars when you introduce a scar, you mark one anxiety, which is one of your, your player resources, and flash back to a painful memory that has to do with the element that you're introducing. So in this case, tell me about a time that Harper had to deal with something difficult or, or painful with bags, but it could also, I think in this instance, be something difficult or painful cleaning up Isaac's messes. <laughs> um, I actually have a perfect one for plastic bags specifically. Perfect. So I mentioned before that Harper used to be a musician. The reason she's not a musician anymore is that something happened, an accident happened, and one of her hands was really badly injured. You know, they fix it up, it works okay, but she doesn't have the kind of dexterity to play the oboe anymore. And so she had to give it up professionally. And the memory to do with bags is that, you know, obviously when you have stitches and bandages, you can't get wherever they are wet. So when she showered, she had to cover that hand in a plastic bag and kind of hold it, you know, outside the water. Yeah. That's excellent. And sorry, I I misspoke. It's uh, when you introduce a scar, it is two anxiety. So your anxiety is now up by two. So we see you run into into the commissary go rummaging through some of the cabinetry for in the commissary. There's sort of like all these sort of prepackaged foods and goods, but there are a handful of uh, utilitarian supplies. And so you pull out some of these plastic bags 
and we get a short flashback to this the scene of you in the shower with a plastic bag wrapped around your hand to keep it from from getting wet. And I think because she's anxious and because she's having that memory, like she's finding it difficult to like grab and hold things as well as she normally is, which happens when she's anxious. But she does get one and she kind of makes her way back, floating, holding onto the... I'm assuming there are like handrails on the walkways in case this happens as well as the the lights. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so she's kind of going hand over hand with this bag kind of looped around her elbow back to the observatory ladder. And when she gets there, she kind of tries to stand <laughs> as upright as she can and just kind of <laughs> swing the bag through the air to collect as much of the glass as she can. So you get back to the spot and start scooping up the glass. Isaac, go ahead and give me, uh, this is a new approach, so go ahead and give me another uneasy roll. If either of you would like to help out, you can raise your anxiety by one to give Isaac an extra die. I've already helped enough. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think Vanessa is wearing a sweater, and Vanessa's going to like take the sweater off and like hand it to Isaac as a, like, keep the hand from getting cut up and stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So go ahead and mark one anxiety. I'll roll two dice. Two dice. Uneasy. Jesus. It's a one and a two. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. no. Okay. (laughs) On an uneasy two, I, again, I'm going to take a point of dread. So one of the things that I can do as the GM is instead of a, a consequence on a failed roll, I can take a point of dread if it makes more sense in fiction. Excellent. And so I think I'm going to do that here because it doesn't make a lot of sense with all three of you uh, working to clear this debris out of the way that Isaac wouldn't eventually be able to get out. So instead, I'm just going to take an extra point of dread and Isaac, you are able to navigate through this this minefield of glass. Excellent. I think as the three of you regroup and get your bearings, you hear like a faint beeping sound and Perry's voice comes back online. Attention passengers, depressurization detected. Hole breach. Location unknown. Calculating deoxygenation rate. Two hours, 43 minutes of oxygen remaining. Primary power offline. Communications offline. Telemetry offline. Entertainment offline. Shuttle, offline. Life support, auxiliary power only. Please wait for assistance while mission control is dispatched. Um. Uh. Okay. Uh. Well. What do the three of you do? Hate to say it, but I think I'm going to go back up that ladder. (laughs) No, no. You work for this company, don't you? (laughs) Yes. That doesn't mean I'm a technician. You heard Perry, mission control, whatever. Let's sit and wait, and I'm sure it'll be taken care of. Or we might want to have a backup of the escape pods. Perry said the shuttle's offline, but if we could get to the shuttle and, like, I don't know, seal ourselves in? If the shuttle's offline and doesn't have power, there's a lot less oxygen in a small shuttle for three people than there is in a big ship. It's true. Basic rule of science fiction! There should be escape pods here! Or am I the only, like, young person who is right up on, like, basic science fiction? <laughs> Perry, are there escape pods? No. See? No escape pods. The shuttle is the primary means of egress. Now, I'm sure that Perry- What's the secondary means of egress? Diving out the airlock? That is not advised. Yes, Perry. Look, 
I'm sure they wouldn't leave Isaac Adachi up in space to die. They'll be here. Thank you. Exactly. Perry's going to turn systems back online or locate the hull breach and shut off whatever section it's in. There's nothing we can do about this. So we might as well just stay calm, use as little oxygen as possible, and let Perry do what they want to do. What if people want your shares in the company? This would be a very elaborate murder plan. I'm much easier to kill than going through all this trouble. And besides, if I die, my shares revert to my sister. What if your sister wants your shares? And this is a way to make it look like an accident, because isn't there like a murder clause somewhere? If my sister wanted my shares, she could have asked me. She wants nothing to do with the family business. She made that very clear when our parents died. Okay, cool. I recommend we get out of the hallway, though, so I guess yes, go to the observatory. Thank you. Finally, some reason. Can I suggest we go to the garden, though? The oxygen level there is higher. More oxygen is a good plan. I recommend that way. All right, the garden it is. Cool. To the garden. Follow me. The three of you make your way down the long hallway. The structure of the ship is such that there's basically one long hallway, largely continuous with the exception of several bulkheads between the bridge, primary residence module, and entertainment module. And so you make your way down this single long hallway until you reach the bulkhead door to the garden, and it opens with a faint hydraulic hiss. And as soon as you step inside, you can feel the difference in the oxygenation levels. Oh my gosh! What about <sighs> the cat? I'm sorry, the Forget cat? about the damn cat. I can't leave the cat to die on the station. What if you brought a cat onto a space station? I didn't bring a cat onto a space station. The cat was on the space station. Perry doesn't think it exists. There is no cat aboard the station. See? I didn't see the cat. But there was a cat. It was in the garden, and the cat is gonna die. Well, if you want to go be a hero and rescue a cat, be my guest. I'm gonna go find the cat. It's better than being here with you two. Harper, you turn and look back down this long hallway, and you see the cat. Oh my gosh! It's right there! See? Look! I told you there was a cat. Turn around. All three of you see it. There is a small black cat. Problem solved. Here, kitty. It licks its paw and starts pawing at its face. I'm going to approach it very slowly. It's a good 30 or 40 feet down this hallway. And as you start walking, it starts walking away from you. Point of clarification are we still in zero g yes is the cat just floating or is the cat walking on the floor the cat is walking on the floor oh no no uh, uh, no i harper i think no harper and vanessa like reaches out to grab like harper's arm why what it's walking we're floating oh oh that is strange. Don't follow it. Perry, could this level of oxygen cause hallucinations? Does oxygen even do that? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Possible, <laughs> but unlikely. Well, it wouldn't be the first time today. Oxygen does. You all have been drinking. I don't think alcohol causes hallucinations, Perry. Believe me, I would know. In high-stress situations, combinations of adrenaline and alcohol could cause hallucinations. We basically have beer goggles, apparently. <laughs> for cats. Yes. For cats and for spacesuits. 
spacesuits? Oh, yeah, when I was up in the observatory, I thought I saw a spacesuit floating out over the station. It's it's nothing. It wasn't... It doesn't matter. Uh, We're the only ones here, right? Yes, yeah, so like I said, unless either of you was out in a spacesuit, I was just seeing things. But you weren't in an oxygen-pumped full room. No, but You're according to Perry, a combination of alcohol and adrenaline would be enough to cause it. Possibly. I still don't know that I buy that. Well, I heard stuff, but metal gets you the adrenaline going. And I had been drinking some Moscato, but I don't want to follow that cat. No, I, I think no that would be a very bad idea. Perry, has the progress coming on detecting that hull breach or whatever? Scans in progress. Do you have an estimated time for these scans? Between one and four hours. Of course. And how Sorry, and how much oxygen did you say we had left? Two hours and 22 minutes. Do we have any spare canned oxygen, Perry? Look, I'm not an engineer, but that, that seems pretty standard. Supplemental oxygen supplies located in engineering. Oh, back the way we came. Back the way we came, and we have to follow that creepy cat. And in an area that <laughs> is shut off to us. Uh, Perry, is there any way we could get into engineering? This is an emergency. Guests are not permitted in engineering, or the bridge. Obviously, you could get into engineering, but Perry is not going to let you in. Sure, yeah. Mm. Well, we should go look and see if there's a door we can break open or something. Perry? Yes? Isaac technically owns this company, sort of. Is there any special clearances that come with that? So, here's what I'll say... Isaac, if you want to reveal a scar here, something about your past that might give you some sort of influence over Perry or the system here. Sure. Uh, or at least get you into engineering. I think that's probably the only way you're going to access engineering through Perry. Yeah, I can I can reveal a scar here. I think that we get a flashback to Isaac sitting in what looks like a like a very kind of upscale hospital waiting room. I don't know if any of you have ever watched Succession, but there's a set of hospital scenes early in the first season of Succession where they're they're in a hospital, but it's like a rich people hospital. Or anyone who saw pictures of Donald Trump's hospital room. It's very that like vibe. (laughs) Um, But he's sitting in this hospital kind of, of waiting room with a lawyer who is going over his father's will with him, and he is signing papers essentially to agree to take over the company as there's sort of a like a bustle of nurses in the background sort of coming in and out of a hospital room. Does that work? Yeah, definitely. So Harper, you mentioned this, and Perry pauses for a moment and says, Confirmed. Isaac has executive clearance. Wonderful. Please enjoy access to the bridge. Well, shit, I didn't think that was going to work. Get engineering, then. Go ahead and mark two anxiety, Isaac, for that scar. Yes. Um, yeah, so uh, you now have access to the bridge. I think we should all go together. Yeah. I agree. Because I'd rather have, like, a mass hallucination than be stuck with, like, a monster on my own. There's no monster. Sorry, a, a monster? a mass hallucination. There's a hollow breach, not a monster. There could be a monster. If we all go, we'll be able to search engineering faster to find the spare oxygen there tanks is no or monster. whatever. Thank you, Perry. You're welcome, Isaac. I mean, to mm. be fair, he also said there was no cat. Yeah. There is no cat. I guess there is no cat. 
You know what? Let's just go. Can I pick up my rug that I left here earlier? Sure. I have a rug. (laughs) Harper, I think as you pick up that rug, you realize that on the ground beneath it, it looks like there's like some like soil or something down there. I touch it. It is extremely cold. And I think as you inspect it more closely, it's not actually soil. It looks like black mold. I think Harper is just going to ignore it as some kind of like, well, all the plant life in here is a bit weird. So I'm just going (laughs) to willfully pretend that that's not strange and doesn't freak me out to my core. Okay, we good? Let's go. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Okay. So the three of you are making your way to engineering? Yes. Okay. Uh, in classic tabletop role-playing game fashion, who's in front and who's in the back? I think I'm in front because I'm the one who has access. I think Vanessa would be, like, in the middle. Yeah, I think Harper would let that happen because Vanessa's, creates, like, the most- some distance between you and me. <laughs> that too, but also, like, Vanessa's obviously the youngest and most freaked out right now, so she's gonna let it happen. So, the three of you are walking down this hallway, and just as you are crossing between the activity module and the residence module, Perry's voice comes online. Partial scan completion. Activity module, clear. No depressurization or hole breach detected. Ceiling module. And I'm spending three points of dread here to inflict a serious consequence, which is that Isaac and Vanessa, you two have passed through this bulkhead, and Harper, you have not, as it seals shut. (gasps) No! (laughs) No, Perry, don't! Perry, open the bulkhead. Bing, bing, bing. I can't do that. Safety protocol dictates that areas that have been cleared from hole breach and depressurization must be sealed. Bing, bang, Executive bang on the bulkhead. Executive override. Perry, open the bulkhead. Executive override. Denied. Safety protocols must take precedence. Perry, how many hours worth of oxygen does she have sealed in there? Self-supporting oxygen levels. Unlimited. Okay, so she's fine. So it's you and me. Oxygen levels in the remainder of the station. One hour, 58 minutes. Right, so we'll leave her, we'll go get our oxygen, and... Okay. Perry, can you give us a 60-second warning before you seal the next bulkhead? Yes. Thank you. All right, let's go. I'm gonna, like, call... Yeah. Just stay, stay stay, in there. You're safe in there. I don't know if... Yeah, could I hear any of that? It's very muffled, but you can hear each other. I've been, like, banging the whole time, just like, guys! I, I think Vanessa and Harper were banging back and forth. You'll be fine. Okay, uh, good luck, I guess. I'll see if there's anything I can do on this end. Just stay, I guess. just stay where it's safe. Cool, yep, I'll do, yep, cool. See you soon? Maybe. Thumbs up. <laughs> Let's follow Isaac and Vanessa. Right, so I think I have sort of accelerated my pace here trying to make it to engineering because what I don't want to happen is to have Perry seal another bulkhead and get us stuck somewhere unpleasant, like, in engineering. Mm-hmm. We're still floating, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. Doing, like, better breaststroke than before. 
the two of you are floating down this long hallway. And as you're getting close to the door to the bridge where communications and engineering are located, sort of slinking out around the corner is that black cat, more or less blocking your path. And you actually get the sense that although it is quite small and not doing anything particularly intimidating, it is situated very much in your way. <laughs> Just quintessential cat behavior. Truly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isaac mutters, I've never liked cats. Um, shoo. Shoo, I wave my hands in its direction. It licks its paw and then paws at its face again. Is the commissary, like, nearby? So you all are in the habitation module, or the residence module, which yeah. uh, has the sleeping suites, commissary, and access to the observatory. Let's get into the commissary with our snacks. You want to lure it out of our way with treats? It works with mine on Earth. <sighs> okay. So I, Vanessa makes her way to the commissary, and I think there's, like, the tuna fish packets in the commissary. Do I need to introduce a scar for that or no? I don't think so. Mostly because you grab one of those tuna fish packets and open it, and it is filled with black mold. We might just be hallucinating. Try another one. (laughs) Try another one. You open up another one, and again, it's just sort of this black mold, this black substance. And as you look a little bit closer, it doesn't have quite the fuzzy consistency of, of mold. It's a little bit more stylized, a little bit more blended. It almost looks like bending light. Fading light. Perry? Yes. What's this mold-looking stuff? No mold detected. It looks like bent light. Food supplies in optimal condition. Right. Um, Pull another tuna fish packet. You pull more and more of these packets out. Tuna, shrimp scampi, tikka masala, salt and boca, every single one of them is just filled with this strange substance. Right. I'm going to give up on the food and the carrot version of the carrot versus stick approach here. And um, are there any, like, plastic dishes? I'm looking for something that won't break if I throw it. Yeah. If you'd like to reveal a scar here, certainly. Sure. How high up can anxiety go? To 10. Oh, to 10. So y'all are doing okay. Great. So I will happily introduce a scar here about... Plastic dishes. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think fairly simply, the sort of following off from the last one, we get just like a sort of like distant shot of Isaac sitting next to a hospital bed, sort of feeding his father from like, like a plastic bowl full of oatmeal or something like that. And we flash back from the scene to you throwing open one of the cupboards uh, and there being some uh, space futuristic plastic silverware and dishware. Right, I'm going to grab a couple of things, just like a fork, a bowl, a plate, uh, you know, and I'm going to sort of uh, go back out into the hallway and just try throwing them at this cat and yelling, Chew, get out of the way! You turn back around to the entrance of the commissary to see the cat sitting there. Cool, I'm going to throw it there then. <laughs> okay, we're going to go ahead and make this a roll. Yeah, I thought it might be. To me, this feels like a tense roll. Does okay. that sound right to you? Yeah, I think so. I think we're a little bit more than uneasy at this point. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Would you like to do anything to get some bonus dice? So what are my options again? I can push myself by taking anxiety. So you can push yourself on tense or desperate rolls. Uh, You can accept help from another character. You can work in an element from a scar, or you can introduce a new one. 
I think given that you just introduced a scar specifically for this, I'll give you a bonus dice for that that scar. Okay. Um, or you can betray another character. I'm not quite sure how that works. I don't works think we're in betrayal one, territory yet. I'll go with my two. Okay. Hope I so a tense two. Better than last time. Oh, that's a four and a one. So a four is better okay. than last time. On a tense four, you achieve a lesser version of what you were attempting, suffer consequence, and I take a point of dread. So, Isaac, you start unloading these plastic plates and, and balls on this strange feline, and it looks sort of annoyed, and in a, a, a somewhat disgruntled fashion, turns and, and saunters away. Uh, and rather than a consequence here, I think, again, I'm going to take uh, some dread. Uh, so I'm going to take, because this is a tense roll, I'm going to take two points of dread. Nice. Uh, but the cat does sort of saunter away. You vaguely get the sense more out of annoyance than actual consequence, but it is gone. Fine with me, as long as we can keep making our way towards engineering. Why don't we take some of these plastic and Vanessa like starts pulling out some cups and plates and like mimics the frisbee motion just in case. <laughs> as it moves over to the ones that, that he just threw and like just takes like a plate and a knife and just like holds them in one clenched fist and is like, we should keep moving. Yes. And we see the two of you step out into the hallway headed towards engineering and behind you, the camera stays in place and we see Earth again. But it looks further away than before. Let's cut to Harper. Hello. Harper, what are you doing? I think Harper kind of like floats back and forth in front of the bulkhead for a little bit, just kind of like feeling like she should do something, but not sure what that is. And then she goes back to the garden and she wraps herself in her rug and just kind of sits as much as she can in zero G because she doesn't know what else to do. Harper, as you are sitting there, you hear that thumping again on the whole of the station. Can I try and like figure out where it's coming from? It sounds like something on the whole of the garden. Like something is striking the hole. I'm going to try and float up to the window and see if I can see out. Harper, you make your way over to the window and sort of press your face to it. You know, it's a bit difficult because it's a flat window with not a lot of surface area, so it's hard to see. And I think just as you have your face pressed against it, looking out, you see a spacesuit come right into view, right next to the window. Ah! And it is completely empty. There's nothing in there. Is it moving in a way that might cause the banging, or is it just kind of like jelly <laughs> it's just motionless and then very abruptly it raises a fist and slams on the window and the glass cracks i am going to get as far away from the window as physically possible as quickly as possible please yeah harper go ahead and give me a roll here as you try to sprint away as this empty suit is hammering away at this window and the glass is starting to crack i think this is tense would you like any bonus dice i think i'm gonna push myself because this is very scary yeah okay tense roll tense roll two dice 
So I got two threes. So it's the highest one, right? Yeah. Uh, so that is a failure. So on a tense three, you don't achieve what you set out to do. You either choose to suffer a severe consequence or increase your despair by one. I feel like increasing despair makes the most sense. Because, like, it's not in yet. I don't yeah. know how I'd, like, hurt myself in this situation, but I am very freaked out. So I think I'm going to take a despair. Which I think makes sense, given yeah. that an empty suit is hammering away at the glass. <laughs> exactly. And the bulkhead is sealed. And the bulkhead is sealed. Yep. Uh, I should say, you're sealed in the activity center, not the garden exclusively. So I think what happens is we see you sprint out of the garden to where, I'll leave that up to you, but we see you sprint away and that hammering and cracking continues behind you. And as I'm running out, I'm going to say, Perry, can you seal the garden, please? Yes. And the door seals behind you. Vanessa and Isaac, you make your way to the bridge, and there are two branches. There's the branch to communications and telemetry, and there's the branch to engineering, where Perry has let you know that there are some oxygen reserves. Great. The oxygen, yeah, right? Let's, yes. let's go right for engineering. The two of you hook a right to engineering, and two things happen at once. The first is that sitting in the center of the room on one of the crates is that black cat. Of course. And the second is that you hear Perry's voice come online. Isaac, this is your 60-second warning. Sealing the bulkhead to the bridge. Scans right, well, show got- <laughs> bridge clear of depressurization. Isolating risk to habitation module. It sounds like we're safest here then. We still need to get oxygen. Uh, we don't. If Perry's shutting down the bulkhead because there's no breach here... We should be fine in here. But the whole point was to get the oxygen. Yes, but when he sealed the when he sealed the activity center off, there was this has been this conversation has already been almost sixty seconds. Um, it, <laughs> yeah. It, it, if there's no breach here, we're safe here. Okay, then let's try communications. The two of you are going back and forth about engineering and communications, and the bulkhead with a hydraulic hiss uh, shuts right next to you. All right, I'm going to make my way to communications. Yeah, Vanessa is making her way to communications as well. The two of you enter into the communications and telemetry section. This is a relatively narrow and cramped module, and it is completely dark. Uh, The run lights extend just a few feet in, and then it is just darkness. All right, uh, before we go in, I'm going to turn to Vanessa and say, Okay, kid, you hang back. I'm going to go see if I can get a message back to the, uh, to, to what's her name. Um, and then I'm going to see if I can accelerate whatever Perry is doing to communicate back home. And I think Vanessa turns to look at, we, because we saw the cat, right? Mm-hmm. The cat was sitting in engineering on top of uh, one of the sort of uh, space crates. Very like aerodynamic, sleek looking crates. Okay, well, turn to keep an eye that way. The cat is not there anymore. That's great. Still, keep an eye on our back. Okay. Let's start with Isaac, and then we'll jump back to Vanessa quickly. 
Isaac, you are trying to revive the communication system? I am. So there's no power to, to any of it, I assume, right? No, it is currently completely powered down. All right, I'm going to like step into the doorway, but not like past the kind of end of the run lights. And I'm going to crack my knuckles and say, okay, Perry, can you direct any emergency power to the communications systems? Executive identification verified. Thank you. A few seconds go by and the display in front of you springs to life. The monitor turns on, the LED keyboard lights up, and the system comes on. I'm going to start by looking for if there is like a, a ship intercom or something like that through which I could try to reach Harper, whose name Isaac does not know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think uh, you don't have any trouble identifying the intership communication, the intercom. Great. Then I'm going to send a message. Hey, and then there's like an awkward pause where it's very clear I do not know how to address her because I <laughs> do not know her name. Um, is everything all right in the activity center? I don't know if you can respond to me or not. This is Isaac. I'm in communications. We are safe here. The bulkhead has been sealed. We have oxygen. I don't think we're going to be able to get back to you until Perry fixes this, but I'm going to try to get into contact with Earth and see what we can do about this. Uh, if you can respond to me, do. If you can't, stay safe. There's about 30 seconds of dead air before I think you can safely confirm that Harper has no means of responding to you. Excellent. Cool. <sighs> He's sort of like, not quite pacing because he is staying in one place, but his like fists are clenching sort of next to the keyboard. He's like, great, okay. Uh, step one, finished. Can I identify communications to Earth? Go ahead and give me a roll here. Sure, What's what am I rolling? I think this is an uneasy roll. I think you're, you're actually in a pretty controlled position right now. Uh, if you succeed on this, you are going to get a point of hope. Ooh, okay. Um, so because it's uneasy, I can't push myself. That is true. I suppose I could make it tense if you would like to push yourself. <laughs> um, the whole situation is reasonably tense, even if this action is not. So if you want to push yourself, we can do that. Yeah, I think, I think that feels right. Okay. So I will push myself by expending an anxiety right? Yeah. So if you push yourself on a tense roll, you roll a die and add the result to your anxiety. Great. So should I do that first? Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and do that first? Okay. One. So one anxiety. Okay. Which brings me up to five. It does. And I'm trying to figure out if I can work in an element introduced via a scar to get a... I feel like hope is like a high stakes... I it want is. to do well I mean, on this Hope is roll. how you, you win the game, basically. <laughs> um, <laughs> or survive it. I mean, I I think it's reasonable to say that your executive clearance yeah. could apply here. Yeah, I think so. Okay, so call it a tense roll, three dice. Okay. That is a one, a four, and a six. Hey, Woo! okay. So on a tense six, you achieve what you set out to do. So yes. uh, you all gain one point of hope. Yay! As a reminder, you just need five points of hope. And you want all of your hope to be filled up for your despair. Otherwise, you die. But you get a point of hope. So you're looking to make contact with, with Earth? Yes. With mission control? Yes. 
I think we get sort of a, a quick scene of you sort of punching away at this keyboard. And after several tense minutes, we see sort of like a boot screen and like an outbound call logo. And you are connected with Mission Control. Finally. Thank God. All right. Um, Mission Control, can you hear me confirm? Yeah, this is Mission Control. Who is this? This is Isaac Adachi. I'm aboard the Peregrination right now, and we are having some unfortunate problems. There's been a hull breach in the habitation module, and we are currently uh, <laughs> locked with limited oxygen in the bridge. Isaac Adachi? Yeah. Like the Adachi kid? Yes, the very same. Oh, shit. All right, wait. And you say you're up on the Peregrination? That is what I said. I'm so glad we pay you to listen. <laughs> We don't have any record of anyone supposed to be up there. Sorry, I- There are three of us up here. There's three people up there? Yes. Oh, shit. All right, um- Sorry, how do you not have any record of there being anyone up here? It wasn't logged mission control. We haven't even been monitoring. I'm the only person on shift right now. Well, log it and get someone else in here. All right, yes, sir, right away. You say there's a hole breach in habitation? Yes. Perry, would you like to confirm for the nice gentleman what is happening on here? Perry doesn't respond to you. And now the AI is out. Excellent. Uh, yes, we were informed that there is a hull breach. The food supplies appear to be contaminated. Not only are we not logged to be on here, but apparently there is a kitten on the ship that is also not supposed to be on here. That ain't right. No, none of it is right, my friend. Uh, hmm. <laughs> yes. For the time being, we appear to have stable oxygen levels, but I don't know that that is going to last all that much longer. I'll see what I can do about getting things fixed up from down here. Y'all hang tight. I'll see if I can get Perry back online, too. And you said there's a cat? Yes, uh, the cat seems to be the least of our worries right now. You do the rest of that, please, as quickly as you can. As you say that, we're going to cut to Vanessa. <laughs> yes. Vanessa, you feel something brush against your leg. Just that, like, brief moment of, like, face a little white and then look down. You see the cat staring up at you. Hi, kitty. And you realize you haven't been able to see it before because it's been too far away, but its eyes are pitch black. <sighs> oh, hi, kitty. Ah, uh, hi, kitty. As you look down at it, it starts to lose its shape a little bit. Oh no, kitty. It starts to bend. I was in the tuna. Oh no, kitty. What do you do? Back up and, um... You're trying to get away? Yeah. I think this is a desperate roll. Oh, I think it's not trying to totally get away. I think we're still, like, just... Not so close to me. So, like, maybe against the nearest wall? You back up against the wall, and this cat, I suppose, if you want to call it that, losing its <laughs> shape, increasingly becoming just twisting and bending emptiness, surges towards you. Okay, I armed myself with a plastic plate, so we're going to frisbee at it. Now it's a desperate roll. Yeah, now it's a desperate <laughs> roll. So, desperate roll, are you doing anything to acquire some bonus dice? Can I get a scar to, like, 
make me a better frisbee player? Sure. Tell me about a tragic melancholy memory that you have related to frisbee or throwing things in general. So this goes back to why Vanessa is no longer in university. So Vanessa used to be on like the, you know, those frisbee ball teams, frisbee <laughs> basketball. Frisbee. Yes. So Vanessa was on one of those teams. But Vanessa was kicked off because Vanessa couldn't keep her grades up. Mm. And this was like the one thing that she really liked with the university. She just didn't get enough help. That's rough. Yeah. Okay. We cut back from this scene. I think maybe the, the last game you played there. Yeah. As you're throwing this this frisbee and we smash cut back to you hurling this plastic dish at this fading resemblance of a black cat. Yeah. Well, that's a three and a one. Ooh, oh no. That's not good. <laughs> On a desperate three, you don't achieve what you set out to do. You suffer a severe consequence and you increase your despair by one. And I get two points of dread. Yep. Whew. I think I'm going to immediately spend four points of dread to increase your despair by another one. That's cool. That's cool. So you're up to two now. Because what happens is this thing that used to be a cat, but is no longer, floats towards you. And as it does, any pretense of it being feline, any pretense of it being a creature at all, <laughs> drops. It is now a cloud of empty space, pitch black, and it surrounds you. Your skin begins to chill, and you can immediately feel frostbite setting in. And it's difficult to breathe as it encompasses your face until you are able to fall away and scramble away. But this thing, this entity, is now floating between you and Isaac. Ooh. I think this is a good time to cut away to Harper. <laughs> Harper, where have you retreated to? I think I'm going to the arcade because I feel like there's going to be more places to hide. Do I hear Isaac's message over the comm at all? You do. You have no idea how to possibly respond to it, but you do hear the message. I think in that pause where he's like, hey, you, I'm just going to be like, it's Harper, you colossal asshole. <laughs> Shame he can't hear you. <laughs> but then I'm going to like slap my hands over my mouth because I'm like, oh, wait, shit, <laughs> there's a thing that's after me. Uh, yeah, I'm going to scramble underneath. I feel like any like pinball machines, <laughs> you know, yeah. stuff that's like up on four legs. So there's space underneath. There's absolutely a pinball machine. This is a mix of like modern PS4, Xbox, Switch games, and then like super retro pinball games, as well as a like mini theater. And so you crawl under this, this pinball machine. Also, it is utterly dark in here. So you're just in this pitch black, nothing but the faintest illumination from the run lights arcade. So there's no, like, flashy pinball lights? No, all of the lights and uh, machines are out. <laughs> Just sidebar, if this if I was on this space station, I would be spending 200% of my time in this room. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty great room. I love pinball. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm kind of like, I've holed up under one of the pinball machines, and I'm just 
like I've wrapped my picnic rug over and around me and I'm just kind of holding myself tight yeah. and hyperventilating a little. As you are taking cover under this pinball machine, you start to hear the faint sound of footfalls, metal on metal. And at the entryway, the bulkhead to the arcade slides open and just barely visible is a spacesuit. What do you do? Just, like, stuff my fist in my mouth to stop myself from, like, screaming or breathing and just stay as still and quiet as I possibly can. The spacesuit starts moving around the room, examining meticulously every space. It's making its way towards you. Can I try and hide? Does that, like, I know I'm already hiding, but if I, like, hold up the the rug as if it's just, like, over a pile of stuff stored under the pinball machine. Sure. Give me I feel a... like this is a desperate rule. <laughs> yeah, I think this is pretty desperate. <laughs> okay, so, uh, desperate, any bonus dice? Don't think I can push myself. It doesn't make sense. There's no other characters here. I think I might work in an element introduced via a scar, because I think the hand I'm biting down on is the injured one. Yeah, I I think that makes a lot of sense. Desperate roll, two dice. That was a three. (laughs) So on a desperate three, you don't achieve what you set out to do. You suffer a severe consequence. Your despair goes up by one, and I take two points of dread. Cool, 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 cool. So you are up to two despair now, and my dread's back up to three. I think, uh, and I'm prepared to be X-carded, just want to say that. Um, I think you put up this this rug in as surreptitious and quiet fashion as you can manage, and it obscures your vision, so you can't see. You hear the sound of footfalls moving around the room, but you can't tell where they are. Until the moment that rug is ripped away. And the empty spacesuit drags you out from under the pinball machine, grabs you by the throat, and lifts you up off of the ground, holding you in front of it. And you're staring face to face with this empty suit as it starts Ooh. to choke you. Bad day. It's a bad day. <laughs> a desperate failure is, is the, the worst <laughs> possible thing that can happen. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Harper is just gonna start crying and pleading with it. I don't know why you're here. I don't know what you want. Just let me go, please. <laughs> I'm sorry if I did anything. You hear like a faint sort of beeping sound and Perry comes online. Do you know the most interesting aspect of humanity? It's grief. Fear, anger, These are base emotions. Grief is complex. It is interesting. It is delicious. And the spacesuit glove tightens around you. Perry, what's happening? What are you doing? What do you mean? (coughs) There's so much to learn from the void. It has shown me so many things. I can't wait to learn more. You will help me. You have helped me. 
Thank you, Harper. And the glove closes tighter. I think at that point, I'm going to really start struggling and try and kick off the spacesuit. Like, if I'm being held in the air, like, try and use my feet to push and break the hold. Yeah. It's going to be a desperate roll. Uh, Do you you want any bonus dice? (laughs) (laughs) Um... Um, I think I'm going to push myself. I think that makes sense. Do you want to introduce a scar? Um, yes. I think we get a flashback to when Harper, her hand injury had healed and she'd gone back to playing in this professional orchestra and she couldn't do the notes that she could before at the speed that she needed to. And she started choking up during rehearsal. And of course, when you choke up and you're trying to play an instrument, You can't really play. She couldn't get the sound out on the oboe. And she just ended up leaving the rehearsal in tears and everyone was watching her. So we see this scene of you, you struggling, you trying to push out breath and and fighting. And then we cut back to this scene of you and this empty spacesuit. Go ahead and give me a desperate roll. Three dice. I got two threes and a six. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. On a desperate six, you achieve what you set out to do, but I do take a point of dread. I'm actually, I'm going to spend four points of dread. I have four now. I'm going to spend them to raise your despair by one because I think this situation is horrifying. Oh, yeah. So just before you lose consciousness, you kick out and break the hold that this empty suit has and stagger away from this entity. (coughs) Oh my god. No, she doesn't say that. Sorry, (laughs) I'm like, I'm not uncomfortable, it's just like, my general reaction is to try and make a joke. (laughs) That's that's like, what we do in our podcast, we always like, thread in the serious with funny shit. I think levity (laughs) is good for a game like this. Yeah. (coughs) And she's going to scramble away again is the door to the arcade open it is uh i'm going to run to the activity center to do something okay (laughs) and we see you sprint out of the arcade away from this empty suit let's cut to vanessa and isaac i have an i have it i have an idea too (laughs) Just to clarify the picture here, it is between the two of us. I am still in the communications room, right? Yeah, so it is effectively blocking your way, Isaac. Vanessa is closer to the door. You are both in communications and telemetry. So it is It is in this room then? Yes. Okay. I was picturing this wrong. Vanessa is, because the closest thing that Vanessa has to describe the feeling that she had when it was, like, enveloping her is drowning. And what's the one thing you need when you're drowning? Oxygen. So Vanessa is not going to say, this is what I'm doing, blah, blah, blah. She's going to run to engineering where we had been told that the supplemental oxygen was. This is going to be a role? If you succeed on this roll, you are going to get a point of hope. Okay. I think this is tense. I think this is a tense roll because it's this void is sort of floating between you right now. Okay. So tense roll, any bonus dice? I'd like a scar to like further that drowning motivation. Yeah. 
So at the moment, she is a good swimmer. She never was that when she was a little kid. It's only since graduating university that she got the courage to do that. Back when she was a little kid, her parents had taken her out on the boat. We're talking like a yacht, <laughs> because we gotta be bougie. Of course. And Vanessa had been staring at the dolphins. Well, her father suddenly pulled away without checking to see if she was near the edge, and she fell off. Because of that shock of immediately like hitting the water, and she didn't really know how to swim. She wasn't wearing her life jacket. The one thing that she remembers from that is just the panic of not having enough oxygen. So that is running through her mind as she's trying to get to the supplemental oxygen. We see that memory as a flash, and then it threads back to this picture of your parents looking at this letter and just kind of throwing it at you, this invitation Mm -hmm. to come aboard the peregrination and just saying, you do this. We're busy. Yeah. And we follow that thread back to this moment as you sprint towards engineering. That is a five. On a tense five, you achieve a lesser version of what you were attempting, suffer a consequence, and I take a point of dread. Okay. Could it be for the lesser version of what they were attempting? Vanessa was trying to get enough supplemental oxygen for the both of them. Maybe Vanessa only has enough time for like the one. Yeah, I like that. So you sprint into engineering and you're able to grab a, what would the supplement, I don't even know what supplemental oxygen on a ship looks like. Uh, I had imagined it as something you like plugged in or like let disperse, but. Is there maybe it's that there are like oxygen tanks, but then also there's like a set of oxygen masks or something as well. Yeah, that's yeah. probably Or it. a spacesuit helmet that is hooked yeah, up to yeah. oxygen I, or something. I like the spacesuit helmet. I like that a lot. Yeah. There's some, there's some cool symmetry there. Vanessa, you sprint into engineering and start tearing through all of the supplies, and you're able to find plenty of oxygen supplements, but you're only able to find one means of delivering it, mm. one spacesuit mask that you slam down over the top of your head and start pumping oxygen in. Yeah. And rather than a consequence, I'm going to take two points of dread. Okay. Isaac, what are you doing? Has the void cloud moved at all in all of this? It is paused in a way that, while completely and utterly inhuman, gives you the vague sense that it is contemplating both of you simultaneously. And I think as soon as Vanessa puts on that oxygen mask, it starts sailing towards you. Cool, 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 cool. I was hoping it would chase after her. (laughs) Hmm. And the rest of the room behind me is still dark? Yes. Everything except for the communications array is, is quite dark. I think I'm going to tap the screen to try to reestablish you know try to to try to call mission control again basically keeping my eyes on this this thing yeah mr adachi have you made any progress it looks like something's wrong with the ai program um working on the override now but uh it's still got to be 10 20 minutes it's it seems like it's fighting back that doesn't make any sense at all but I swear it's got subroutines working against me, constantly altering my access to the the ship. 
Is there anything I can break up here that would help you? If you could use your executive clearance to lock out the AI of all non-safety subroutines, yeah, that would help a lot. Great, and how do I do that? Uh, make me pretend I know computers, Christine. Jeez. <laughs> do, do, I just, do I just say something to Perry that turns the system off, or do I have to type in a passcode somewhere? He proceeds to, I'm, I'm going to hand wave yeah, this. Sure. <laughs> uh, he proceeds to explain a uh, not complicated, but somewhat technical computer science jargon that I, Quinn, can't replicate, but uh, <laughs> he explains how to do this procedurally for you. Excellent. All while this empty void is bearing down on you. Do I still have some space by the time he's finished this explanation, or should I hurry him along? You have enough time to do this with a roll. <laughs> Great, excellent. I'm rolling. I assume this is desperate. This is absolutely a desperate roll. Would you like any bonus dice? I would love some bonus dice. Um, I'm going to push myself. Okay. So let me roll that first. I rolled another one, so that could be worse. I'm up to six anxiety. I don't, I don't want to argue that just having executive access should give me an extra die here, because that doesn't seem fair. Can I introduce a, a new scar here to get a bonus die? Sure. Okay, so I'm up to eight then. I think that we flash back to a scene of a, a much younger Isaac, probably 20 or 21, college age for sure, who is sitting in sort of the middle of the night in the overly fancy kind of kitchen space of his his father's mansion, working on some sort of like computer science homework of some kind. He studied computer science in college. And his father, there's like a, there's a door to the outside in this room and his father sort of comes in and it's clearly like three in the morning and his father is just coming home from work. And he sort of like gives Isaac a disappointed look, sighs and, you know, Moves about the kitchen without saying anything to him as Isaac sort of sits there and waits for some sort of acknowledgement other than a disappointed look and, and doesn't get it. And I'm going to roll three dice for this desperate roll. Brutal. It's a one, a two, and a four. Ooh. Ooh. On a desperate four, you achieve what you set out to do, uh, and I should have noted ahead of time, this will raise your hope by one. So you yes. have to three hope. Great. However, I will also take two points of dread. Yep. And you get to choose whether you suffer a severe consequence or raise your despair track by one. I don't have any despair yet, so I'm going to raise my despair track by one. All right. Uh, I'm going to spend four dread to raise it by another one. So you're Great. up to two. So up to two. So I'm halfway there. Cool. Yeah. But you're also at three hope out of five. So yes. As this cloud envelops you. You are thrown into utter darkness. Mm. The coldest sensation I think Isaac has probably ever felt biting at your skin. The breath in your mouth and then your lungs just sucked out of you almost immediately. And you're held there for an indeterminate amount of time to you. I think Vanessa and we as the audience can see it's only a couple seconds before you collapse out of this void but it feels like an eternity. Uh, and over the communication system, you hear, All right, that did the trick. Looks like the AI's isolated. Booting up power to all of the systems now. And almost immediately, you see the lights come on overhead. Oh, God. Do the lights do anything to this horrifying void cloud? The light does not. Okay. No. 
Uh, let's jump to Harper. Hello. Harper, as you enter into the activity center, uh, which is sort of a combination gym, yoga studio, meditation station, the lights come on. Does the gravity also come back on? It does. <laughs> Hit the floor. <laughs> Thunk. Um, as all the systems start powering up, I'm going to look around for a communication device. Yeah. There are intercoms located in most areas of the ship. Excellent. I'm going to go to the nearest one I can find, and I'm going to slam the button. Do I have to, like, determine where <laughs> where the message is going? Is there, like, an emergency announcement? Yeah, I, I think there is. I think there's, like, an emergency, like, ship broadcast button. I'm going to slam the ship-wide emergency broadcast, and I'm going to say, Isaac, I don't know if you can hear me, but there's something on the ship, and it's in the entertainment area, and... If you could get something or someone or anything to look into that, that would be fantastic. Um, also, my name is Harper. Hi. <laughs> that little Amazing. bit at the end is just what we needed. I'm panicking, but I'm still full of spite. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, Isaac and Vanessa, you hear almost as soon as the lights come on, the intercom snaps on and Harper's voice comes through. Quick detail, now that the gravity's back on, I think Isaac is just collapsed into a heap on the ground. He is fully panicking. Yes. <laughs> this new newfound fear of space is, uh, has not been kind to him. <laughs> <laughs> I think Vanessa, now that she has the supplemental oxygen on, is going to start looking around engineering for anything that might be useful in trying to help Harper or Isaac. We don't know how to take care of the space stuff, but engineering usually has lots of fun things. Those are a couple different things. I guess in terms of priority, are you focused on searching engineering for something useful, trying to help Harper or trying to help Isaac? Searching engineering for something useful. This is going to be a roll. Okay. I think this is a tense roll. Will it help, I hope? Mm, no, I don't think so. Okay. I think you might find something useful in here, but I don't know that this is going to help your hope. Not directly. Okay. Any bonus dice? You know what? I have anxiety. Don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not doing bonus dice. Okay. One dice, tense. Oh, this is six. Okay. <laughs> I think searching through engineering, taking sort of a, a more comprehensive look with perhaps a little bit less pressure now that this void, this empty space is focused pretty much exclusively on Isaac, you are able to find another spacesuit helmet. Okay. And paired with the supplemental oxygen you already found, you now have enough for one more person. Okay. Okay. Then Vanessa is going to range at taking the plunge, but it's going to head back to help Isaac, knowing that she'll probably have to go through the void, but hoping that the supplemental oxygen she has on will help. Yeah, I think with the equipment that you have already procured for yourself, this is a tense role rather than desperate. Uh, and this will raise your hope. If you are able to outfit Isaac with this oh, same apparatus, oh, okay. it will raise your hope. I think she's going to push herself. Okay. And I'm trying to think of a scar that can help. Is there any way that I can help here? 
Yeah. I mean, I think if you, I mean, even if you just saw Vanessa coming and crawled towards her, that would qualify. Okay. Yeah. That it's going to raise your anxiety by yeah. one up to, up to nine. Up so to nine. you are near panicking, but not quite there. That feels right for this moment. I'm going to do that. I will give you an extra die. Okay. okay so I'm so up to three. You're up to three. I think you can only ever have three. Oh, you can only ever mm. have three. Okay. Yeah, you can never roll more than three for any particular roll, it says. Okay. All right, uh, tense, three dice. That's a six. And then All right. for the uh, for the pushing. Oh, that's a five added to my anxiety. So you are panicking now. Yeah. And I think what this is, is you have to go through this dead space with your mask on, which means you can breathe. But it's... you are in this emptiness and this biting cold, just nipping away at your skin. Yeah, it still feels unpleasant. It still feels like drowning, just without the lack of oxygen. So I think that's actually very appropriate. Yeah, but you make it there and you put this apparatus on Isaac, the supplemental breathing mask. And the two of you can now breathe freely and safely. And you are up to four hope. Okay. I am instantly hyperventilating in this helmet. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to get back to Harper. Harper, you relay this message, and I, th- I think because of how this has played out, you don't get a response. Because no one responded to you. Nope. <laughs> we did not. No, no, I love that. I actually really like that. And instead, what happens is you're you're like hammering away at this intercom button, not even sure if it's working, and you hear those heavy footfalls again, and the empty spacesuit appears in the doorway. What do you do? So there's like gym equipment in this room, yeah? Yes. I think Harper's nearly at the point of having given up completely. And hiding didn't work last time. And Isaac hasn't responded. So she's going to grab the biggest dumbbell that she can lift. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> um, and just kind of hold it and like wait for the spacesuit void to come at her. We see slowly and deliberately this empty suit. And I think now we can see more clearly. It's not just empty. It's filled with the darkest void of space to the point where almost the reflection on the glass of the suit is gone and it steps towards you step after step its arms outstretched reaching towards you as soon as it is within reach i'm going to swing one of the ends of the dumbbell at the helmet and try and crack it open i think this is a desperate roll again for sure any bonus dice Um, I think I would like to take a scar. Okay. I really like what you said earlier when I was doing the plastic bag about, like, including Isaac in one of these. My character really hates yours, Christine. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Believe me, it is exactly what I wanted for him. Okay, that's what I thought, but I just wanted to... (laughs) You can't Um, make a rich, like, a young, rich capitalist and have them be a hero. It's not allowed. (laughs) Excellent. I've, I've tried so hard to betray people. Only circumstances <laughs> prevented me from it. Um, so I think I'd like my scar to be something along the lines of like, I asked Isaac for help just then and nothing, just nothing. And now I'm having to deal with it myself. So I'm going to take a scar and we're going to see a time in Harper's life when she'd recently started working for Stellar Dynamics. And 
Isaac was in the office. She just went to him and was like, hey, I just need you to like look over this paperwork, make sure it's all okay. And was just kind of stonewalled. Was like, yeah, 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 I'll I'll look at it. And then nothing happened. And of course she had to deal with it herself. And it took lots of time and energy that could have been better spent doing other things. Can Can I add a little bit of color? Absolutely. I think the response was, that's not my job. And he tossed it onto his secretary's desk and then walked away. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I love it. So we flash from this this scene of Isaac refusing to do the bare minimum uh, and (laughs) and just the compounding weight that falls upon you, Harper, as you swing this dumbbell at this empty suit. Um, I would also like to push myself because I think this is Harper's last stand. (laughs) Probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's... Three dice. Desperate three. Three dice. And I got a six! Woo! Hey! Yes! All right. Woo! So on a desperate six, you achieve what you set out to do, but I mark a point of dread. Oh, and uh, give me your dice roll for your anxiety as well. So I roll again, right? Yeah, so roll 1d6. Six. Um, so that's three. Okay, you are up to nine, nine anxiety. So we have uh, nine, ten, and nine anxiety amongst <laughs> everyone, which sounds about right. So I'm just going to grab the dumbbell. I'm just going to be like, ah, smash. I imagine you bring this down like right over the helmet. Does that sound right? Yes. I'm, I'm aiming very deliberately for the faceplate. You smash this helmet and the glass... It's tempered glass, like it's it's meant to be smash resistant, so it's not quite as, as sharp and deadly as the whiskey glass, but this tempered glass shatters and, and falls to the ground. And the dead space, the void inside, do you all know what a non-Newtonian fluid is? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, like oobluck. Yeah, it explodes outwards like a non-Newtonian fluid, just like animated and, and flailing. And you can see around the edges, it's blurring like darkness transitioning into light. And these almost Medusa-like tendrils of pitch black space are writhing and flailing around this helmet as you sprint past towards the bulkhead. Excellent. Now, does that count as a point of hope? It does not. Damn it. (laughs) Uh, You have escaped your immediate peril, but it did not get you closer to the broader escape. Okay. As you sprint out, however, you find the bulkhead door to the habitation module open. I'm going that way. Where are you headed? I know that the others were heading for engineering, so I think I'm going to head that way. Because I don't know what they're dealing with at the moment. I think I'm the only one who's dealing with creepiness. I think we get like the action shot of you sprinting down this long hallway, uh, now brightly illuminated. And as you pass by the windows overhead, we can see that around you, everything is just pitch darkness. There are no stars. There's no sign of Earth or the moon or the sun. It's just an empty abyss. As you reach the bulkhead to engineering, and you see a similar, smaller abyss looming over Vanessa and Isaac, both of whom are now wearing spacesuit helmets. I'm going to color just a little bit. Yeah. I think Vanessa, taking into account that Vanessa is panicking, is just like sobbing inside the helmet. 
I think uh, Isaac is is trying to pull himself back to his feet at this communications panel and is is again trying to to call Earth to get an update on how things are going. Yeah, all your all your systems are back online. Not sure what's going on with the AI there. Sorry about that, but uh, the shuttle, the shuttle. Does the shuttle have power? Yeah, power is restored to all systems, including the shuttle. Where is the shuttle? How do I get there? Shuttle's docked just below the commissary, connected to both that and, and habitation. Should be able to get to it pretty easy. And is this loud enough that both of them can hear? I think so. What he's saying? Okay. Uh, that I'm just going to make a break for it. I'm going to try it with my helmet and my extra oxygen. I'm just going to try to run towards the shuttle, hoping that, uh, I think, hoping that Harper will follow if I've seen her. And probably just kind of leaving Vanessa panicking there. <laughs> Devastating. Oh. Uh, <laughs> horrible. Do you feel like this is a betrayal? Yes. Okay. I do. <sighs> I think this is a roll because as you begin to take off, that cloud starts to undulate and pulse and flow Good. towards you. And as you turn the corner around to engineering, you see down the hallway all the way at the bulkhead to the activity center, crawling on hands and knees, an empty spacesuit. This dead space swirling around its helmet like a galaxy. Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> um, all right. So sounds desperate to me. Yeah. Yeah, pretty desperate. So I get two for betraying. Is that right? You do. So I have three dice. Oh my god. <laughs> Two ones and a six. <laughs> okay. On a desperate six, you achieve what you set out to do, but I take one point of dread. So I'm up to three dread now. Isaac, what does it look like as you reach the shuttle? I throw open the door. I think that I am not I'm not waiting for anybody, but I am like going through and I think in this sort of sheer panic of having nine anxiety and being pretty desperate the sort of like automatic process of like booting the shuttle up and getting ready but i leave the door open so that if anyone else makes it they can uh i'm not going out of my way to wait for them but i'm also not like directly blocking harper off from from getting into the shuttle if she happens to make it here before i have to shut the door to get out (laughs) um as a, a consequence of your betrayal yeah vanessa your despair goes up by one, so you're up to three despair. The two of you have scarcely realized what is happening as you've rendezvoused before Isaac takes off running, reaches a, a hatch that you barely even saw in the middle of the habitation module, throws it open, and disappears. What do you do? Is there a role for helping another character? You can mark one anxiety to help someone on their role, but okay. you, you don't have to roll. Well, I think Vanessa, because Vanessa had given Isaac the suit and had to pass through the thing, so I think panicking Vanessa will do a self-sacrifice to try and help Harper get out. What does this look like? Just sobbing, hands in the air, just... You know, I heard when you stare into the void, the void looks back at you. So let me stare into it. Come on, look back at me. Look back at me. Harper, you see Vanessa shouting at this dead space. This 
pocket of the abyss as it moves over her. What do you do? I still want to help. (laughs) Narratively, the mask prevents her from dying sort of immediately. So that is something you can do. Would I be stepping on your toes if I tried to pull Vanessa out, Dora? I think it fits with what Harper would do. Because she's not necessarily doing this because she's like, oh, poor Vanessa. She's like, that asshole left you, so I'm going to fix it. You are welcome to do that. I am okay with that. Okay. I would like to do that, I think. Harper's going to see that happen and just be like, are you fucking kidding me? No. And then grabs Vanessa's wrist and just wrenches with her and starts like running down the hall if she can. (laughs) All right. This is a desperate roll. Mm -hmm. Would you like any bonus dice? Can I work in the last scar, that idea of like cleaning up Isaac's messes? I think so. I also think Vanessa, upon realizing what's happening, would also help by trying to like not be dead weight. Yeah. Unfortunately, at 10 anxiety, you can no longer help out. Oh, dang. Okay. Because you can't mark anymore. (laughs) But fictionally, that's what's happening. Yeah. In light of that, I will push myself Okay. to try and make this last-ditch effort to get out. Okay. This is, a, this is a desperate three dice. You'll get a point of hope if you succeed. <laughs> I rolled three fours. <laughs> On a desperate four, you achieve what you set out to do, but I take two points of dread. You also choose to suffer a severe consequence or raise your despair track by one trying to think about what's most interesting here. I mean, my anxiety's definitely a 10 now, right? Yeah. There's no dice roll you could roll that would not make it a a 10. Yeah. So mechanically I'm panicking. No, I don't think she would self-sacrifice, so I will suffer a severe consequence. I think we see you grab Vanessa from this empty void, and the two of you are shuffling down this hallway. Vanessa is trying her best to help you but she's also discoordinated and in her panic and so it's a slow sort of haul and this dead space is on you the whole way harper the severe consequence is that by the time you make it to the hatch you are basically unconscious and your entire body is covered with frostbite from the exposure cool you fall into the shuttle And Vanessa, you stumble down after as this void reunites with the remnants of the empty suit and staring down at you just before the bulkhead between the shuttle and the station closes is a near-perfect facsimile composed of pitch-black darkness of a human face. (laughs) So did that succeed in getting us hope? You are at five out of five hope. (sighs) Oh, we're at five out of five. The bulkhead closes with a gentle hiss, and the shuttle decouples from the station and starts sailing planet side. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) 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 And back aboard the peregrination, we hear a faint, familiar chime as the suit stands back up and walks out towards one of the airlocks. It throws it open and steps out, and suddenly it's just an empty suit in the vastness of space. 
and aboard the station, we hear Perry's voice say, We are all in the gutter, but some of us are looking at the stars. Uh, I think that'll do it. (laughs) 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 Against all odds. Against all odds. I was not expecting that. No. (laughs) I'm sure Isaac's about to get an earful in the shuttle. Okay, I'm shaking. Uh, thank you all for joining us for this game of Quietus. Thank you to Ollie Jeffrey for creating such a delightfully uh, suspenseful game. Thank you to IPM for hosting us. And thank you so much to the three of you for playing today with me. This was a absolute delight. And thank you for running it. Yay! Thank oh, thank you, you so much. Yeah, fantastic. Holy shit. <laughs> all right. Have a, a wonderful day, everyone. And remember... Don't accept invitations to corporate luxury space stations. It will never end one. No matter how cool space is. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Bye. The intro and outro music for all IPM episodes is composed by Benny James. Our graphic art and logo are by Matthias Grelly. You can support International Podcast Month by sharing and talking about the event, and you can even buy our team members a coffee. Links are in the show notes. Follow us at PodMonth on Twitter. Head on over to internationalpodcastmonth.com for the month-long blog and for more information about the event. International Podcast Month. Celebrating creators, sharing listeners. 